This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. While we are on the subject of the municipal election, I'm going to bring in Toronto Sun columnist Sue Ann Levy. She's just written a column arguing that one of the results of the uh, new 25 wards is that we are unlikely to see fresh faces. And she is arguing both for term limits and for a strong mayor system. Sue Ann, hi. Hi there, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Okay. Uh, we were just talking to Jennifer Keysmat, and she's just unveiled this plan for uh, Young Street between Shepherd and Finch. It's very much like a plan that was actually voted down by city council, where <laughs> uh, you would take away some uh, some car lanes and add boulevards and widen the sidewalks. It sounds like it would be very nice, but it was voted down. And uh, the one answer that I didn't quite, I wasn't quite satisfied on, it's like, okay, it was voted down. How are you going to get it through, given that you're one vote? So how would she get something like that through if she was elected? Well, it would be difficult. Um, and that's the second thing, by the way, that she's resurrected. Uh, it was uh, the first one I actually attended that um, announcement uh, a week ago Sunday uh, when she talked about tearing down the gardener. Of course, that has already been settled at council as well. The gardener is not going to be torn down. Um, the same thing with uh, the young uh, bike lanes on Young, north of Shepherd, in the most congested area of the city. And uh, I've always thought that that was a really, really bad idea. And it will be hard, it still will be hard, to get it through a 25-member council. And what you have to do, uh, any mayor has to do, is to balance the interests of various uh, ideologies and various councillors on that council and, you know, use, I guess, the uh, hard stick of uh, giving them perks and plum appointments, which is what Every mayor has done in the 20 years I've gone, I've covered council. They, they use, you know, I'm going to put you on this committee. I'm going to make you chair of this committee if you support me and you're a loyalist. It doesn't always work, but that is supposed to be the way the things work. And you're supposed to have loyal people who will vote in all your policies. Okay, uh, but it, as you said, it doesn't always work, and in a 25-member council, it would be, in my estimation, less uh, towards the left, correct? Well, it's, it's hard to say at this point, Libby. I'm watching these races with interest. Um, what I said in my column today, um, and what really concerns me, is that what should have accompanied the legislation, and I was all for downsizing council, because I've watched these people, uh, the dysfunctional debates, the debates that go on for nine hours and sometimes for two days, mm-hmm. and they re, uh, reach a foregone conclusion. They waste so much time. And I've seen, you know, this mayor in particular, but I've seen mayors gone by, having to pander to pet ideologies and to, to get, uh, I guess, 
really big projects through council, and I've seen this council in the last four years shift a little further to this, well, I would say in not a little further, far too far to the left, um, you know, in terms of some of the, I guess, trendy ideologies ha- that have uh, been put uh, or rammed down people's throats in this city, such as safe injection sites and uh, all the respite shelters and declaring Toronto a sanctuary city. So, you know, it, it, my concern today in today's column was that we didn't put term limits in place, that, that not we, me, but the Premier didn't put term limits in place. Okay, so, let, me ask, let me ask you something, though. Okay, a lot of people are saying, yeah, term limits would be a good idea because uh, you don't want, quote, career politicians. politicians. Right. But uh, why put them in at the municipal level if you're not going to have them at other levels of government? I mean, the argument is the same argument. Well, you know, and that is the rub. But the only thing I would say at the municipal level is there's no official party status to keep you disciplined. And you have that at the provincial and you have that at the federal level. So presumably you're going to get people voting with the party. You don't get this at City Hall. You get what I've seen forever is this mushy kind of middle who can be swayed anyway one way or the other, and you never can really count on them. Um, so what, what's happened is you've got um, these, as you say, career politicians, and, and I might mention as well that there are three politicians who lost, liberals who lost at the provincial level, mm-hmm. who are trying to worm their way back into politics through the municipal level, one of them being Mike Coley, uh, who's 73 years old and should take a hint that it's time to retire. There's another one by the name of George Smitherman and another one by the name of David Kaplan, all trying to worm their way back into politics. And that's the problem, that there is, uh, you know, as much as I did not like the policies of Mary Margaret McMahon... You forgot Shelley Carroll. And Shelley Carroll, God, how could I forget her? I mean, Shelley Carroll is the worst case Well, I, I don't know about that, but... Um... Well, no, but, I, you know, she took her severance, she ran for MPP, she lost, and then she came back and signed up to run for councillor. So she's running, you know... You know what, I, I have to say this, uh, you know, a lot of people who run for office, they have to quit their jobs or do those if things. They and, and if they have jobs. If they have jobs. <laughs> I don't have an issue with saying that if you get defeated out, you have some severance, because then they have to find another job. I mean, you know, if you if you take away... That, which you would have in any other job, unless it was a gig, uh, then, you know, who's going to run, really? I have no problem with the severance. It's uh, using the rules to suit your own means, and that's what she did. And she was very, very disingenuous about it, because when she first stepped down, she didn't say that she was taking her severance. Uh, see what happens at City Hall is if you take your... If you, take, you can only do it once. We yes, talked can, to her about it. Well, no. Before a uh, motion was passed this summer, you could do it more than once. But in her case, if she had run for MPP and just taken a leave of absence and had lost, she would have been out of luck. She wouldn't have gotten a severance. But she knew how to bend the rules to take the severance, run for MPP, and then come back. Well, so if, people, that, if people are annoyed by it, they, they don't have to vote for her. I know. But I want to get to this other point that you made, that that re- name recognition wins out. So yes. the redistribution of the wards will mean that we aren't really going to get any fresh faces. 
We are by power of attrition because there are people running against each other and one's going to lose. For instance, in my uh, ward, it's Joe Mahevic running against Josh Matlow. Only one person can win. So one of them's going to be gone. Um, and it's happening like that in many other wards. Some with good counselors, I might add, like uh, John Burnside running against Jay Robinson. Both of them have been f- quite effective counselors. So it's sad to see them go. In other words, you know, for example, Norm yeah. Kelly has been around since the dawn of time. Uh, you know, if if he loses, well, you know, time to retire. Well, so. uh, I have to say this, that, you know, we want to get on uh, to, to talk to some of the counselors, the incumbent counselors who are facing off against each other. And yeah. in our first attempt, the two counselors would only agree... If they would go, I, I'm not even going to ask them to, God forbid, debate each other, but to uh, talk on the same day so people can compare and contrast. And, and the the first ones that we approached would not go on unless they are second. I mean, this is ridiculously childish. Well, it is. And I already saw signs of that about a week ago uh, when I was out uh, working on the Sunday and covering the mayor's race. And there are people on, for example, John Burnside's team, who I happen to to uh, think very highly of who were complaining about the downsizing and that they actually have to fight a real race. Well, welcome to the world. That's the way things go. Sadly, uh, you know that in the end, the people who have name recognition, because unfortunately, people are more educated because of the downsizing, I have to tell you. But largely, people, you have to blame voters because they don't do their homework. They go into the voting booth and they just say, oh, I recognize that name. Or, for example, you know, Mike Coley has been around since the dawn of time. He's in a largely Italian community. People say, oh, I remember him. He came to the door. And they don't really take time to study the policies and the impact of all these people uh, on City Hall and the final vote on many, many policies. Do you think we need a strong mayor system, and how do we get one? I think we do. I think we do. I think that uh, by the next election we should have a strong mayor system. If we don't have term limits, ideally it would be nice to have both. Uh, what I was going to say is Mary Margaret Mann, for all the reasons I disagreed with her, she did say she was only going to stay for two terms, and she has stepped down. She has stepped aside. She's not running this time. So good to, for her for doing that and keeping her promise. Um, I think that, you know, sadly, I see around the city some really good, good voices, and they're not going to be heard. They're, and, and their policies make sense, and they're not going to, they have no hope of winning. Uh, a strong mayor would uh, ensure that whomever gets in, and you've got to take whoever, I mean, I would take a lefty, I would take a righty, whatever, um, that they are able to get some of those uh, really um, important policies through, like transit, that the city has been, uh, you know, council has been, you know, dragging their heels on for years. It would be, you know, not just the mayor making one vote, but he could actually say, okay, I'm pushing this through, and like it or lump it, uh, this is my policy, and I'm running on this. And, you know, that's the way it operates in large cities in the state. Well, exactly. And what do you think the chances of getting that done with Doug Ford, given that the mayor is likely to be John Tory or Jennifer Keesman? Well, I think what's going to happen is it's going to come in the next election. I don't think it's going to happen this time around. I think it's an evolving thing. And we'll see how one of them handles a 25-member council. You know, having said all the things I said, um, the mayor still has... Uh, 
all the advantages. Like in this election, whoever, like John Tory, for example, he can support certain people in this election. He can throw resources behind them um, in this election. He's only supported one person. Uh, a, a new well, person. Openly, maybe yeah. quietly. You don't know what he's doing behind the scenes. But he can support people he think is, thinks are going to support his agenda. And he also has the power to put these people on committees to give them perks, to give them what they want. Um, so he does have uh, uh, ways to maneuver at City Hall. He also has staff who can go around and twist arms. Mel Lastman was very effective at that. <laughs> Okay, uh, we're wrapping things up, Suzanne. Uh, Suzanne, I'm sorry. Um, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, I'd like to leave uh, people. I'd like people to really, really take a look at some of the other people who are running. Not the names you've heard for a dog's age, but take a look at some of the other candidates and really do your homework. I invite your listeners to really do their homework this election because I think the future of the city depends on it. I'm not liking what I'm seeing in this city in terms of some of the policies, and I think it's really impacted on the state of the city. I love the city. It's my adopted city. And, uh, you know, I get to see it very close under a microscope. Unfortunately, many voters don't take the time to educate themselves, and I wish they would. Okay. Sue Ann Levy, Toronto Sun columnist, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, people, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, now just down the hall from here, while we've been on the air, CARP has unveiled a new national seniors strategy called FACES. This is really important. Uh, They're way ahead of the game heading into the next federal election. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Laura Tamblin-Watts from CARP. And we want to hear from you about what you want and what you you need. So before we go to break, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.